Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pi Podcast. This is purely audio. Uh, we're not going to record our faces because this is the first in-person podcast. It's the 11th episode and, well, the usual people aren't here either. We have a new guest, Salar. Um, and the thing I wanted to talk about today was the idea of false order. And by that I mean discussing different forms of government and basically try to understand like my point of view that there is no efficient way of ruling all of them are flawed especially the ones f- like followed today for example democracy people tend to like it because it gives them a sense of like power that they're responsible they have some power in the ruling of their country like choosing who to run and different things but in the end it's just all flawed so what do you think about that yeah i think building on what you said about democracy being flawed i remember i think one or two months ago i had a discussion with my father um about the upcoming elections and i asked him who do you think you'd vote for and he said um I remember he brought up the fact that his uncle was running for a particular party. And then when I asked him how that's relevant, he said, well, obviously my vote would go to him. But that sort of made me think, yeah, at the end of the day, especially in countries like Pakistan, like we were talking about this yesterday as well, we more so, we don't look at the policies of the upcoming governments. We don't look at what kind of a leader that man will be. We more so look at the power that our family will gain or our, tri- or our tribe will gain or an individual close to us will gain through our vote, as opposed to what our country will gain, what its people will gain in the next 50 to 100 years from this rule. Um, and so I think it's a very, I think it, it's a feudalist mindset, especially when you look in Pakistan and its history or the subcontinent's history, the tribal system and everything, I think it's still heavily ingrained within us. And that sort of impairs our judgment when it comes down to democracy, because at the end of the day, if you look at the very root the poor man will vote for the for the party that gives him food, that gives him shelter, gives him some sort of comfort or security. Um, and I feel like even if that man is bad for society, but he's good for the poor man, that man will come into power. In a country like Pakistan, you know, there's so many other factors involved, such as corruption, rigging, etc. But I think that's where it all stems from. In terms of like... So... Even in in a democracy, when someone comes, I think a lot of their energy goes towards bringing out reforms, etc., to kind of weaken their opposition so that they're in power longer. Or in our country's history, most of our leaders do things for personal gain. In terms of making changes to weaken the opposition it's just like a childish play for power because in the end you're not doing anything for the country and Joe like the assemblies we have the councils we have there it, it within them they have a voting system that makes bringing about reforms and changes very difficult because different people have different reasons for running for an election or getting that leadership position a lot of people are there to gain like money and power 
and so they would they would never let a new law or reform pass that is actually beneficial for the common man in our country a lot of times we hear our parents say that education is important and a lot of these big leaders don't want education especially landlords because then the people will realize that that whole system is flawed and then work against it and so the landlords will lose power so if you have all of these landlords in your assembly and someone brings about the idea of bringing a reform that increases education or what not which could probably be an amazing change for the country bring about a lot of positive changes they'd vote against it and if they're in the majority that rule would never pass so i think in in a democracy you have so many different candidates so many different parties that at the end even if you elect the guy who's good for you most of the changes he wants to bring he can't do that and it just it's just a futile effort to change the country each time you think okay I'll vote for someone different he'll bring about changes but corruption and that greed for power is so like deeply instilled within our government that you know someone new comes with different ideas they're going to be held back and although i think there is n- no best way of rule and you know how america tried to impose like democracy in each and every country joby i still think there's a different form of rule for different times and different people uh an uneducated country like pakistan i don't think democracy is a good way because people don't really focus on reforms people don't look at the bigger picture and they just vote for who's going to bring about immediate changes for them like nawashi's government they brought in things like infrastructure and roads which was v- visible changes so people thought they were doing amazing work and i'm not here to speak against or for any political candidate but you see a lot of these trends in our country so i think giving power to such people is not the best thing and in my view some sort of dictatorship would be good in pakistan but dictatorship is such a weird system itself as well because once a person is chosen to lead he's going to stay there and if the wrong person is put up in that leadership role you're screwed and you can't do anything to change that in democracy at least like your government changes every 4 to 5 years so if shit's going bad though you can at least look for the future and be like something's going to change but you know how they say in pakistan people are run through the stick like you have to physically enforce particular rules and laws and make them follow it and even at a smaller level you can see that in our schools no one really follows any rules until and unless you bring in severe punishments or instill some sort of fear that way it's good but it's just a very confusing thing everything has a lot of pros but a lot of cons as well and i think it changes over time and like i don't know it's just confusing I think this idea of the power of people as you we were talking about it previously you sort of veered away from it but people having power I remember when I used to live in the UK the Brexit referendum was happening and the government gave this task of voting for whether staying in the European Union union or leaving they gave this task to the public and the public had to then decide 
such is something that would determine the entire future of the nation economically speaking they give it for the people to decide and now these people to be quite honest they don't know what's going on i mean they don't look through the economic policy they don't look through the consequences economically speaking it's more so at the time get they vote for a leader call him the equivalent of well slightly the equivalent of Nawaz Sharif in the UK Nigel Farage uh, the owner of the UK party the majority of the elders in the UK voted for that man not because of his policy but more so because they thought that they were reclaiming their land and in the same way in Pakistan they were reclaiming that sort of inherent right that they thought they had to some sort of individual power and i think in Pakistan it's similar in the sense ke well especially in my family we vote for people to try to, to to try to reclaim the individual power we had and so i think the best way to get rid of this um problem is a meritocracy uh which is heavily it's used a lot in china and that is the reason for china's success politically speaking economically speaking in the last 60 70 years it's a meritocracy i think um it's a very interesting form of government especially because then you give power of vote to the people who know what they're doing can you explain what that is cuz i don't know what it is like that form of government so meritocracy is basically it's it is not you can't replace a democracy with a meritocracy meritocracy is like an addition or it's um like an accessory a meritocracy is basically based on the idea that you gain power or you gain influence through merit generally speaking merit whether that be academic um you know academic in some countries it's even you look at it in pakistan you look at movies traditionally speaking in the religious sense it is still a meritocracy uh ill perceived meritocracy but nevertheless that's the system that they're trying to follow whether they know it or not um so yeah i think another thing i wanted to bring up which like is kind of connected to your idea the people elected in countries like pakistan or america or jobi they're very well off people generally there it's very rare that someone from the streets grows up and gets to that position of leadership which i think is important because the people we elect nowadays the people running for office are privileged individuals they don't understand the struggles or the daily experiences of the common man and for pakistan the common man is poor like I used to conduct charity work in one of the slums in Karachi that that exposed me to a lot of things a lot of problems that are not solved um and then I compared to the problems us privileged individuals complain about which could be changed by the government to be honest the needs of the common man are more valuable because they're more based around the necessities of life and I think whoever we elect isn't isn't aware of all of those problems isn't aware of the day to day struggles and the difficulties the common man faces and so I, i think a merit type system would work a lot because let's say everyone stands on equal ground and you have to work in specific departments 
for the government for the country in civil service or was up and that makes you eligible to run for office so for example someone in that process has to work minimal jobs as well like very basic desk jobs or like on field work of going and surveying these local places you have there should be like a credit system that you have to go through to be able to run for office that way you're aware of different things like a person who is running for prime minister in pakistan should be should have to go through a process where they're exposed to different uh, offices like they should work in the agriculture department for a bit they should work in the healthcare department for a bit the education for a bit or is tarah ka ki that way they can develop experience and be exposed to different problems in each and every area and then they can be uh, like running for a uh, prime minister but do you think given the short period in which they are leader of the country don't you think it would be better for the nation if they are heavily informed in one area that they can accelerate during that period for years eight years however long they are and then like that so i mean similarly speaking a meritocracy but each time you should have looked towards a different section of it speaking like let's say somebody very well informed in agriculture comes in and they heavily accelerate the agriculture industry in pakistan to the point where um you know raise exports try to come up with new and um more productive forms of production that end up increasing the welfare of agriculture in pakistan and that because we're such a we rely on our primary sector so heavily i think that would be better for the entire the entire nation in all aspects um so i think if you accelerate one area that eventually that would help each and every other area instead of being very well informed in each thing separately that's a fair point but then i think if you have that form the ministers you have for each and every field like the minister of education minister of health um minister of tech and science jobi they should be specialized in the thing they're leading like if you're appointing someone as the education minister like the education minister we have right now probably not the best you should for i think for specialized uh, ministries you should have that merit system then in that particular field like if someone wants to become the education minister they need to have experience in that field and only then they can be appointed for that particular area and although this is very complex system it would be interesting that for example for someone people should run individually for each office so and people allowed to vote for that particular individual should be from that field so if someone runs for the minister of agriculture they should have experience in agriculture and there should be a separate election for that position and the only people who can vote for that are people like farmers or people in that area because those people know how that system is run they know the changes that need to be made and that way each individual you elect is specialized for that particular area and is chosen by the people of that particular area and in that way in each and every field your government is going to be strong but the only problem with that is like if individuals chosen for each these each of these leadership positions are from different parties with different uh, motives there wouldn't be that much 
um harmony within the government there wouldn't be what you'd call chemistry between the leaders and they could cause problems there but it would be an interesting idea to have these specialized individuals in specialized areas the thing you mentioned about parties i mean recently a lot i've been thinking and this could be a very flawed thinking but i'm going to say it nevertheless i think the whole idea of having one party that represents the opinion of an individual who has such a multitude of different ideas one party summing that up i don't think it i, I don't think it serves justice to the idea of democracy because at the end of the day you're not voting for ideals or uh a nation that you want specifically or that you would think is the best for a nation but you're given three or four options two of which are legible the other two you know are not going to come into power you can vote for them but then you know they're not going to lead the nation and in the case for me like in the upcoming elections there are three parties which i think will come into power i'm not going to go i'm not the type of individual who votes for a party knowing that they're not going to come into power because i want some sort of say in who leads my nation right but at the same time the ideals or the wants of each party does not serve justice to the nation or to the poor to the poor men of the nation the poor men and women of the nation and i think it's sort of the whole idea of a party in my opinion is kind of flawed i think it should be more so you vote for an individual because an individual you can get behind if you look at recent history um uh if you look at german history for example or yesterday you were talking about hitler or i think it was this morning we were talking about hitler and the great economic advances he made for germany before he started killings of jews etc but in that sense people did not initially get behind the nazi party themselves If you look through your history textbooks, they got behind Hitler as an individual, as a leader when he came into power. That was something that brought together the German people. I think similarly, if we have such a reform in Pakistan, an individual who comes and someone that is well spoken. You see, this is why I have a problem also with something you mentioned about somebody coming out of the you know like somebody from a farm leading the agriculture industry. The thing about that is of course it would be efficient but at what point this bias becomes so large that it sort of because you have to look at your own interests as well and with these farmers generally speaking if they've grown up in a village they would have certain I mean this this is very generalized speaking but you grow up with certain tendencies or, or a certain mindset that could affect your decision making and when it comes to such a large national scale a s- small degree of bias can ruin everything and it can lead to all these inefficiencies that we now have in a nation like Pakistan so um i think i'm going off on a tangent but um yeah i mean generally speaking again just coming back to the point instead of parties i think we should vote for individuals because with individuals you have some sort of you have some realistic sense of hope because you know what that man or woman brings to the table Okay, kind of going off topic now. Um considering all of these systems have flaws and even the suggestions we gave would probably while put it while putting it into practice would have a lot of flaws as well. Do you think humans would be better off as hunter-gatherers because as hunter-gatherers you're not really united 
but and so you wouldn't make as much advances in terms of in terms of a society like technological advances economic advances or all of that everyone's just an individual group do you think that be better off than like the type of governments and the type of society we have right now are you saying that a current nation would become separate different groups or one nation would be one tribe i mean the old 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 school type of hunter gatherers where it's literally you and your family or your tribe um the reason why i say this is because like i don't know uh what was i going to say yeah in in terms of society i think the way we've developed we've made a lot of advances in things like tech and economically speaking and all of that stuff but have you noticed we've kind of let go of our sense of humanity the term where everyone's pretty much selfish like in terms of like even large scale wars large scale wars happen because people are unified into groups big enough to fight at that scale with hunter gatherers if one or two tribes have a fight they deal with it themselves there wouldn't be a larger group behind them that would provide enough weaponry etc i think as hunter gatherers we would hold on to that sense of humanity in terms of everything's more personalized but we wouldn't be as advanced as we are right now so do you think it would be good on a personal level would it be good if we stuck as hunter gatherers or like unify together to make these countries and have these different forms of government i think being a hunter gatherer arises so many dormant emotions that we have as human beings that have now become dormant over the years but it, it arises uh, it gives rise to emotions that i think would be very detrimental to not only ourselves but the people around us because like with hunter gatherers let's say it's just me and my family so there's four of us and every day we have to go out find food for the family for us to survive now i could look at my neighbor and if i see they have food and my family's dying hungry i would probably go and try to take the food from my neighbor now chances are the neighbor would want food for the next day to maintain their family so i think it just makes it brings about animosity between two groups unneeded animosity between two groups with nations you can sort of gather behind a flag and have some sort of idea of sharing or preservation in the sense that you're getting together as a group of families as opposed to a single family for the hope of preservation of human life like a nation goes out and tries to minimize the loss of its residents like you look at um the US wanting to protect american journalists in iraq um during the war and it sort of just brings about an idea of wanting to protect your neighbor wanting to protect another family whether you know them or not but because you share some sort of tie when you get rid of that tie i think it becomes very dangerous because at that point what are you what are you working towards is just a constant grind for survival as opposed to any sort of progression and it's not even technologically speaking any kind of emotional progression because you 
without setting up a group of tribes, you're just living every day as a means to an end, which is death. And I think that that's my opinion on it. What 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 would you say? One of my concerns with the idea of hunter gatherers is this is not really connected to what you said, but the exchange of information and knowledge. Because if you're not unified, your tendencies of sharing knowledge that would that at this point gives you a benefit over the others, would you be willing to share it with let's say your neighbors? or something that gives them power as well and that you can see that at a national level as well if you hold particular information you don't go around sharing it with other countries you want to have that upper hand um th- this concept is very complex but i think on an individual level we do need a leader you everyone is not a leader and everyone can't just go on themselves there is a, there's also a reason why some people choose to have office jobs and some people go on to be entrepreneurs some people need instructions to carry on some people make instructions themselves and i think that's how we eventually went from hunter gatherers to being unified into bigger and bigger groups to eventually become countries and like these nations but i'm still in favor of the concept of hunter gatherers because i generally feel like life now is overcomplicated um there's always this political stress between countries etc there's a lot of factors you have to think about as hunter gatherers you don't give a shit about any of those what you do is look for food survive reproduce move on die it's as simple as that and although i think we've gone on a very different tangent from the idea of leadership etc but in that way i think concept of hunter gatherers is better but i don't know it really limits humans as well because you need collective effort to do some things or make some changes and the reason also why we are so technologically advanced is because we've unified together into bigger and bigger groups shared ideas etc so yeah but i often think about this as well you know how we the world isn't like peaceful there are, there are always conflicts because everyone has a different opinion and everyone thinks their opinion is the best or the most efficient or the better one for a particular time for particular people and so this conflict of opinions is what causes tension political tension within countries between countries etc and i was once when i was talking about this i was once questioned by someone then how do you think unity would be managed in a place like heaven like how could you stop war and fighting there and my view on that first of all just want to point out this is way off topic but my view on that is if you're religious you believe god has the ultimate power his orders his opinions his words are law so in that way you can't really have different opinions in terms of leadership you know what is told to you is the best and then that forms unity and yeah like what do you think about that do you think unity is important as itself as an entity in itself 
because it's sort of like the parable of the shepherd and the sheep you can stay following a certain set of instructions under a unified banner but at what point does it at what point does it become to the detriment of the sheep so it's the same concept like see um you could be following the same leader but you might have different opinions from like the rest of the sheep let's say you're one of the sheep you have different opinions that can cause conflict and who do you go to to settle your conflict to the leader because you value their teachings and their words and in that case whatever the ruling given will set either one of the parties like uh, keep make them like unsatisfied with what's said because they'd still think that their opinion matters or their cause is more uh, valuable i think in sense of heaven you it's like the perfect justice system in terms that the rule or law given to you is the ultimate rule or law and it leaves both of the parties satisfied and in that terms unity is perfect because everything's peaceful then there's no conflict of opinions because one entity can settle it all and in that way that brings about peace and that is also why i think there's so many conflicts within our world no law system is perfect no leader is perfect and to some extent everyone has a bias and of course they're humans giving rules to humans of course it's not going to be perfect of course it's not going to work for everyone there are different philosophies in the world people choose to believe in different ones people believe that some are better than the others there are differences in opinions that is what shatters unity at the end um during the subcontinent most muslims were for the muslim league because they were unified because they saw the struggles muslims faced and they were united to the point where a country like pakistan was formed and then there were differences within that unity that how should this go on then and so that breaks unity that causes chaos that causes conflicts etc but in a place like heaven i think that's like the perfect unity because the rule you're given is the ultimate rule you can't argue against it but do you think in a place like heaven the idea of rule would even exist because a rule is primarily something that came about something to make humans more obedient following a set of rules but if you followed those if you believe in heaven you would have followed a set of rules to get there and once you get there is there really a need to follow any rules anymore i think that's why there's a division between heaven and hell so people who followed a certain set of rules will end up in heaven and so they they believe in those rules they'll continue to follow it and so that's why there's so much peace there or said to be like peace there and no conflict or anything but i mean at the same time they say that those rules would be nullified within heaven like i i mean speaking primarily of islam here like you'll be able to drink wine which you're not allowed to do here or i mean it's you shouldn't it said that you shouldn't do it here you're allowed to do it there so i mean the rules have suddenly changed and at the end of the day if you follow those rules here and by divine decree it is said that you're pure enough to enter heaven and you've entered heaven the rules have suddenly changed is there really even a need to follow anything anymore 
I mean, if the ego has been taken out of your existence, I mean, the devil can't be in heaven, of course. So at that point, when you're acting primarily on by a will, which is not your own will, but it's by the will of, let's just call it a greater entity, then is there even a need for rules? Um, it's a very complicated thing to say and complicated thing to think about, but um, I think in a place like heaven, we'd just be programmed in a way to act a specific way and stay within particular boundaries. And like what you said about wine, like drinking or joby, I mean, in our religion, at least in Islam, it said that the wine would be pure. It wouldn't have the toxin. It wouldn't be intoxicating like it is in this world. And everything would be pure. So I think if we enter heaven, we'd have all the negative things in us taken out. Like in terms that, I don't know, We'd I, I just think we'd be purified before we go somewhere like that. And so, yeah. Do you remember we had the discussion on limitation and freedom? How the more choices you have, the less freedom you have. But in society nowadays, it's sort of perceived as the more choice you have or the more variations of choice you have. Generally speaking, the more freedom you have and you're more free, basically. So in that same sense, if you apply it to this heaven conversation, if you take away all rules and again, you're living by, let's just assume you're living by a will that is not your own will. It, it is a will of a greater entity. Maybe that's what it talks about, about freedom, that once you have no more choices to make and you're programmed to follow a certain course, then that is the ultimate freedom. Because, I mean, oftentimes in the world today, or if you go back to hunters and gatherers, we always had choices to make and those choices determine our life or our death. Do you go out to hunt or do you stay and protect your family because of an inherent risk by another tribe, let's say? In the same way, once you remove that sense of choice and you know that that choice is now by the will of a greater entity, the right choice, is that the ultimate freedom even though you have no say in it? I think when you reach a point like that, you you have enough faith that even if you don't have choices, what is chosen for you is the best. Um, And yeah, I, I think it just comes down to your faith at that point. Now, a personal question. Do you prefer having multiple options or to be struck down to just one path? Because personally, when I don't have any other options left, I feel frustrated that I want to do something else. But when I have a bunch of options in front of me, it's so difficult to choose. I At that moment, I hope for just one path that I can just follow. What, what's that like for you? I th- I would prefer just the one option or the one path because generally speaking the majority of decisions that I have made thus far in my life have been according to a certain set of guidelines or principles whether those be religious, societal, those taught to me by my mother, whatever but it, I follow a strict, some strict principles and those eliminate any kind of choice I have like I know when the day starts I know that no matter what happens today if I have a choice between milk and wine I drink the milk 
because I don't drink alcohol. So it sort of eliminates the choice in that sense. And that, again, as we were talking about previously, takes away a lot of the stress I have and the frustration because I know that what I'm doing, whether it's right or wrong, is the way I should be doing it. But then at the same time, the question arises, I mean, this is very off topic again, but do we do things for our perceived benefit or do we do them because our fathers or and mothers have done them before us or we have been doing them for a long time? Um, I think, okay, so you know how a lot of times we tend to think that, oh, we want to be different from our parents. We want to make different decisions. But in the end, if you look at yourself, you realize you're a lot like them. In that way, I think the environment you've grown into, um, what you think is beneficial for you is pretty much what they would have thought in that position. So you're doing both. You're thinking what's beneficial for you and you're acting a certain way which you were taught by the people around you. So in that way, it's like a false sense of freedom because you're programmed that way you are going to choose that option and at the end you realize i didn't really have an option i was born a particular way with particular views which were very similar to them even though i tried to move against it i ended up making the same decisions and the the thing that sets us apart from parents or the people around us who played a role in us becoming who we are is in some places, yes, we made different decisions that made us unique. But towards the core, I think we act almost the same way. So This is, again, uh, you mentioned the idea about having a benefit. So that sort of sparked my mind, Kay. Um, who should the ultimate benefit be towards? Because there are so many different perspectives to any choice we make it may be very good for us and it may be the worst thing ever for another individual now let's say let's say we were this is a very abstract thing let's say we were standing in an empty room with a million different mirrors all pointed towards us and we flash a light we want that light to be we want the reflection of that light in one of the mirrors to be as bright as possible and now one of the mirrors and now let's say you take out the human being flashing the light and the the individual flashing the light is in fact a mirror fine then you have our perspective you have the perspective of a million different individuals you have god's perspective if you believe in god or a greater entity you have the perspective of this earth you have the perspective of nature do you think there is a way in which we can determine the best choice to make which is in the best interests of every single mirror so that the reflection of the light is as bright in each mirror as possible or do you think giving benefit to one of those mirrors takes away from the benefit of others in each and every situation i think in the end we'd have to prioritize some mirrors or some individuals over others and that's where i think as humans we're flawed in being fair and all because we don't we don't have that power i guess mentally and so in the end even in real life you can never do something that benefits everyone and that comes back to the idea of ruling and leading as a leader you will have to make 
the decision, a tough decision, which maximizes the benefit for everyone in the future. But in the end, you leave some people unsatisfied and some people not taken care of or some people unheard. And that is also why any form of leadership is flawed. Because, I mean, you can't give the brightest light to each and every mirror. There will be some mirrors that are completely dim, some which get some light, and then there will be some that have like the most intense light. So, good way to bring it back to the initial topic. <laughs> but um, I think that's why also our government systems are flawed. As humans, we can't make decisions that benefit everyone because everyone is different. Unlike the mirrors, which are probably made from the same material by the same manufacturer, um, installed by the same people using the same method, humans are different. Each of us have different needs, different perspectives, different opinions, etc., Everything is subjective. So in the end, you can never make a decision that is beneficial for everyone. There will always be something, some people left unsatisfied. And almost time's up. So I think this is our ending like sentences. So I was just going to ask a question. Uh, do you think there's a form of perfect opinion, uh, an opinion unhindered by bias or any sort of defect? No. Okay. <laughs> um, to be honest, no. I don't think... It, it it comes down to that same idea. All of us are so different and so unique. And our minds work in such different ways. Like, for example, if someone believes in absurdism, they believe life has no purpose and it's just chaos. And then there's a religious individual that goes like, no, life has so much... Like, life has a purpose. There's so many meanings to life. There's a bigger picture and everything. Everyone, the idea being everyone has different opinions, different ways of perceiving the same image or the same information provided to them. They can't be an ultimate opinion. Like, you have the best of the best leaders. You have the best of the best religious individuals, like prophets. There's always a group or always an individual that opposes the opinions and ideas presented because we're just all unique we're all very different so yeah and that's also what i think makes the world so interesting so yeah um thank you for listening this was a good and interesting conversation i think and i think i'm going to try and make an effort to record more in-person podcast because i think the conversation has a more natural run to it but yeah thank you for listening like and subscribe and share this and please listen to the other ones as well thank you